So money, why is it that so many of us want so much of it? What is it really about slips of paper or a number in the bank account that makes it so appealing? So one answer is, well, if I have money, then I can do what I want. Or if I have money, I can live the lifestyle I want. I can uh, travel. I can have the home that I want. I can brag. I can put nice things up on social media and make people jealous. So we can give all of these reasons, but what's a deeper reason? So first off, we have to define uh, money. Of course, money is just a term, so we have to think what's behind that term, what's connected uh, uh, with that term, according to uh, custom, because the term can mean anything, right? I can call myself money, right? Uh, I can call uh, my dog money. We have to uh, th- think about what, uh, what what makes sense. So I would say that uh, money might refer to some kind of symbol for the capacity to get what we want, to fulfill our desires uh, that we acquire, uh, generally speaking, at least in its pure initial form, in exchange, excuse me, in exchange for uh, fulfilling the desires of somebody else. So for example, let's say that our neighbor wants his or her lawn mowed. So we go and mow our neighbor's lawn. We fulfilled our neighbor's, neighbor, excuse me, desire and consequently, the neighbor can either give us directly what we want, such as a soda. Maybe that's a little too little. Maybe uh, we want uh, their lawn chair, right? Or we want their beach chair. We want to go to the beach later on in the day. We mow their lawn. Now, give me your beach chair. Hopefully, the umbrella as well, so I can go to the beach. Uh, alternatively, the neighbor can give us uh, an abstracted kind of symbol or sign for that we can hopefully later exchange for what we want. And that's what we would call money. Now, it can be in the form of uh, paper. Uh, such as a $20 bill or coins, that, that would be annoying. Even though maybe they have those $1 coins, so maybe 20 coins for mowing the lawn. It wouldn't be that bad, right? But hopefully paper. It can be a check, so that, that would mean we can uh, have a number later in the bank account that would reflect the, that would serve likewise as a sign uh, electronically or whatever else. It could be a bank transfer, a wire transfer, uh, and, and so forth and so on. Maybe not so forth and so on. How many choices really are there? But... Uh, uh, maybe some other c- couple of choices or options. Right, so um, uh, we see consequently that um, uh, in order to... Uh, right, so now that we have that, we can go and later we have a desire at a later date. Now I want to eat a burger two weeks later. So we can take that concentrated, abstracted form of value that we created for our neighbor and, and we can exchange it in as much as we haven't created any value for anybody else in the meantime. And we can exchange it for uh, uh, the burger and consequently get what we want. So basically, money seems to be the means uh, uh, with which we exchange, uh, uh, we, we barter with our desires. Uh, you get what you want, I get what I want. All right? And uh, obviously there used to be, and maybe in some places still are, we call uh, um, barter, right? if that's the correct term, exchange economies, where we simply do directly exchange things. Uh, you... Uh, 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 you clean my house, I give you a bottle of wine. You uh, chop down my tree, I give you, uh, I give you dinner. So we can do that. But I uh, see on a high scale and on a, on a, on a ma- in a major economy, how <laughs> how would that work? Right? Uh, you sell me, uh, um, uh, you build a skyscraper for me, and I'm gonna get you uh, uh, <laughs> what a, what amount of what of grain? Right? In different country, I remember one fella. From a developing country, saying that he built uh, as a construction uh, uh, at a const- at a construction company, and he built uh, um, a mill for somebody, and he was paid 
in, uh, in, in, in grain, I believe it was. And then he, what, what am I supposed to do with this grain? So he went, he exchanged it for, forget exactly, but it's something, some, some kind of clothing thing, maybe leather, let's say. He exchanged it for leather. And then he exchanged that for something and that for something and eventually something that he was able to sell and get money. So there's still options like that in, in some, some areas of the world, but in a, in a major country that, that we don't see too much of that. But anyhow, the question is then uh, uh, to, to answer why we want money is why, why do we want to see our desires satisfied? Because if we can't satisfy our desires with money, then we don't need money. For example, I think there's, there's an example like this has been given. If, if there's a billionaire on an island and he or she has $10 billion, how it would be physically in the suitcase, who knows, maybe uh, as a checkbook, uh, right? And, and consequently, that's, uh, that, that, that's linked to the bank account. So he has uh, $10 billion and the other person on the island has one piece of bread. And the billionaire begins to starve and he or she can't beat up the person with the piece of bread let's say. So what's worth more after, okay, maybe not after a week, maybe not after two weeks, but eventually what's worth more, the billions of dollars or the piece of bread, which might go stale then, but let's just say it's a a bar. It's a protein bar. It's not going to go stale. All right, after a few weeks, what's worth more? The protein bar, right? Because without it, the billionaire will will perish, we say, in this this thought experiment. So consequently, it's not improbable. I see stubbornness might prevent it, but it's not improbable that the person would sign away his or her entire fortune in order to simply get one uh, protein bar, one piece of food. And why the other person would need it is a question. It's not a perfect uh, story here, but we can just say. So again, the point, if we can't satisfy our desires with what our money, our money is worthless. Sometimes when an economy falls, a piece of bread begins to cost maybe millions of uh, whatever the, the, the money was, dollars or yen or, or rubles, whatever it was. It begins to cost millions of those. So consequently, also money is essentially worthless. It's, it's uh, worthless paper. You can burn it for heat, burn it for fuel. So we say that uh, it's worth lies in getting what we want. Uh, so, so then we can ask uh, and move the question ahead to why is it that we want to get what we want? Now, if we simply say that we want to get what we want so that we have pleasure, then we would have to ask why is it that we want pleasure? Right? And if we say that pleasure is self-explanatory, right, then that's a, it's a, it makes sense to some extent. But if we push a little bit deeper, we say that what we perceive as pleasure, in order for something to be perceived as pleasurable, we have to experience our desires being satisfied, our desires being met, meaning anything and everything that is pleasurable in any way whatsoever is only so because we had an objective that was met. For example, uh, my uh, forehead is itching, so I itch it, and it feels a little bit good. Why? Because I wanted to itch it. If I didn't want to itch it, it wouldn't feel good. Say right now we can take, find a part of our body that's not itching, and we can scratch it. And maybe it'll feel a little good, maybe it feels dry or something, but if there's no desire whatsoever associated with that part of our skin, well, no, it's not going to feel good. It's just a, a scratching sensation. But if we have an itch somewhere, meaning a desire to... to uh, attain um, homogeneity of, of the skin somewhere and we itch, then it feels good. You understand? If we simply drink water when we're, when we're not thirsty whatsoever, it may not feel good. Even after a while, it might be painful. Drink too much water. If we want to drink water, it's going to feel good. If somebody, if we couldn't give one hoot about um, art and a genie popped out of, out of a bottle and said, you're now Leonardo da Vinci or as good as Leonardo da Vinci, we may, for the sake of some other desire, be happy. Now I can be famous. I want it to be famous. Now I can be wealthy, right? I want it to be wealthy. But uh, for the sake of art, we don't know. We don't care. It's like, who is that then? And why should I care, right? Somebody else would die to be half of Leonardo da Vinci. You understand? It's the same thing for music. The same thing for math. The same thing for the sports. Whatever the case may be, right? Make me into the best uh, 
a, a baseball player. I don't care about baseball, so I don't care. Right? Somebody else uh, uh, make me into the best swimmer. I don't. I don't care about swimming. Right? So I, 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 it's not going to do anything for me to, to be like Michael Phelps. So we have to want something, and only when we want it, that's when it feels good. Now, do we always want something strictly because it's pleasurable? And we say obviously not. Right? <laughs> On occasion, we want things that are pleasurable, which we can get to, but. We, said we want things for other reasons than that. For example, we may want to make a, a, a little piece of paper into the wastebasket. Why? Because it's going to feel good. A priori, that this is a pleasurable thing. No. First, we set the objective for some other reason. I want to impress somebody. I want to succeed, yada, yada. And then it's going to feel good if we make it in a little bit, a little emotional stimulation. So we see that we can set pleasure as our objective, but it's not, it's not in itself the, the default objective. Right, then once we know what's pleasurable, what feels good in, in its of its own self, we can set it. For example, I want to uh, uh, feel good today by taking a nice hot shower or sitting in the, the, the jacuzzi, the hot tub for a while. I've set that as my objective. But if I don't set that as my objective, it's not going to feel good in an additional way. For example, there's, uh, there's always been uh, what are called ascetics. They uh, shun pleasure. Consequently, if they were exposed forcibly to a, a situation that's pleasurable to their body, what would happen? We would say that they would feel the pleasure as it concerns or likely feel it as it concerns the objectives relevant to their body, meaning the body has objectives to do with the food and homeostasis and warmth and cold and all of this. So consequently, on that level, on the lower creaturely level, they would feel pleasure. But in the psychological higher level, they wouldn't feel pleasure. Right? So again, maybe let's say we really um, we're on a diet and we really uh, uh, do not want to eat sweets no matter what. We feel super duper guilty, but then there's a dinner and uh, the, everybody orders dessert and we feel compelled. We would offend somebody. So as we're eating that delicious, let's say, chocolate cake, if that's uh, what naturally we have a sweet tooth for, do we feel the pleasure? Yeah, we feel the pleasure as it concerns our body, the so say, in a creaturely way, meaning there's an objective, calories, sweets, whatever the, the case may be, uh, on, a, on a physical level. And we feel that pleasure, but we don't feel the additional psychological pleasure of, of desiring the cake in a secondary way. You get the point? And if we did want the cake, if, uh, if we set that as our objective, then we would feel both kinds of pleasures. Here we might feel pain psychologically. I can't believe breaking my diet. I can't believe I have to eat this cake. But physically, we would still feel pleasure. So you get the point. So we would say that pleasure is one of the objectives that we can set, but it's not in itself the, the fundamental thing that... We're shooting for. So what is it that fundamentally we're shooting for? We would say that attaining our desires in itself is desirable. But why? Right? Why? What, what, isn't that circular reasoning? So we would say that it, it, the, the reasoning here seems to indicate that we have a, a particular nature, a particular way to be our own true self. And part and parcel of that nature is to see the realization of our desires, meaning to be like myself, to feel like myself, to experience myself like myself, what I want has to happen. If it doesn't happen, I, I don't feel like myself. So we would say then, what, for what reason is that? So that might be the end of the line here, at least as it concerns reasoning. To feel like one's own true self, fully and completely. To realize one's uh, uh, true uh, uh, self. See, that's that. That's it, right? There's no. Uh, it's not for the sake. Oh, this is so I can write a book about it. This is so I can post it on social media. That that's exactly what we want. So we would say that everything else that we pursue is simply a means uh, for uh, for that to to seek that, that realization of our true uh, nature, right? Well, part and parcel of which is the satisfaction of desires. Ah, now what, what about money? So we see that money represents the satisfaction of desires. So consequently. We are more than uh, uh, liable to see 
money, more than likely to see money as the means in order to enable our most fundamental tendency, our most fundamental drive to realize ourselves. Meaning, when I have more money, I have more power to get what I want. And me getting what I want means that I am like myself more. Excuse me. I experience myself as myself more. And I have to experience my, want to experience myself as myself. Might be a little circular, but if we think about what the words are referring to and not the words themselves, it shouldn't be circular. I have the, the, uh, the tendency to be my true self. It seeks endlessly to express itself. And the part and parcel of that is the satisfaction of desires. And it's not then maybe we wouldn't say that I want to then see the satisfaction. You get the point, right? We have to visualize or conceive that of, of what the words are referring to, to to avoid a little bit of circularity there. But we would say that that's a way to think then about money. We intrinsically, even if it's not conscious, right? We, could, we couldn't necessarily break it down. But we intrinsically understand that in order to, to satisfy more our desires means that we are self more. And that's what we have to shoot for. That's what we have to, to, to constantly be pursuing. And that is why we love money. Now, let's, let's try to add some, some dimensions here. So is this a good or a bad way in order to, um, to, to kind of realize ourself and get the object of our true desire? So we would say uh, in, the, in the animal kind of uh, arena, then yeah, of course, right? uh, in the animal world, uh, we see that um, it's, it's more desirable to be a lion than it is to be a gazelle. It's more desirable to be an alpha gorilla than it is to be one of those young up-and-coming gorillas that, that are going to get beat up by the alpha gorilla if they try to steal their harem. Right, so we see that, that power rules in the animal world. And of course, when we uh, think of ourselves as animals, then it's the same thing. And money is simply serving as a sign uh, for our power, for our capacity to get what we want. The lion doesn't have the uh, extent of conceptual thought needed to, have, uh, uh, to, to be able to use money, right? at least in the state of nature. Maybe in the zoo it could be trained somehow to push some kind of lever. Well, who knows? But um, uh, the lion's money is physical power. Right? I can... Uh, uh, beat you into submission, uh, gazelle or uh, uh, other lion. That's the mo- that's the lion's money. Uh, the the money of the ants is uh, doing whatever it is that they're in kind of their uh, what is it the pheromones or however the, their impulses work to, to do things for the hive. The money of the birds of the eagles to be able to fly high and soar, be able to see the the little mouse, the poor baby mouse, swoop in and and catch and eat the mouse. Right, the the money of uh, the the fish to be able to swim freely, uh, to escape any nets that might try to catch them or any predators, uh, the the money of the plants is to be able to to shoot for for the sky, to have sun, to have water, and nutrients, and and, and shoot the roots nice and deep, uh, and, and so forth and so on. Right, um, it, so we see that in in the animal kind of a, a mode of life that that's it's perfectly natural. Our that our money is literal money. Also, it can take the form of physical power, of course. We may want that. It may take the form of political power. We also want that. But the sublimated, abstracted symbol of all of that is money. And we see if we have a lot of money, we can also get closer to political power. We can also hire a personal trainer, get closer to physical power if we really want. Uh, we can get close to uh, kind of a... Uh, to so say geographical power, meaning we can have a, a, a nice, uh, build a nice castle or a figurative equivalent of it, a big mansion, and have uh, a huge property and security guards and all kinds of things. We can hire the best doctors so we can have power of our uh, body, uh, uh, our, our physiological powers intact and, and uplifted, have a good diet, have a chef, have a cook. So basically, we see that how absolutely intrinsic and fundamental all of this is. It's not so c- conditioned as it might appear. Oh, it's just cultural. 
right? So if somebody doesn't have a culture where money is a thing, right, then they have different, a different kind of money, whether it's bartering seashells or it's the money, again, just like for the animals, that's the money of physical power or it's the money of where's my hunting territory or it's the money of where's my harem or something, right? There's definitely something standing in for that money. So we see anyhow that in our animal phase of life, that's money is definitely extremely desirable and we can and we do pursue it, right? And the ultimate dream will be to have a lot of it with minimal work, <laughs> as, as always. But we would ask, is there something higher than the animal phase of life? And we would say that for, for homo sapiens, for, pe- for us, for people, yeah, there is. It's to be a human being, meaning to step up, to level up away from that bodily, creaturely uh, arena and to be something more than that. Right, so in that case, is money the, the ultimate that thing or not? So we would say, what is money uh, as we broke down? What's it in relation to? It's in relation to the realization of our power, of our abilities. And what's that in realization to? Because we fundamentally want to be ourselves. We want to experience ourselves as ourselves. We want to have dignity. We want to have singularity. We want to feel broad and expansive. We don't want to feel small like a nobody, like a nothing, like a little passing uh, burst of uh, smoke. That will be swallowed up by eternity. We don't want that. And so consequently, in order to get what we truly want, to realize our true self, we pursue money, power, pleasure, and so forth and so on. But in the human mode of life, we directly try to get what we want. I want to be like my true self. I want to experience like myself like myself. So what do I need to do? Right? We say that, that to try to pursue money, to try to pursue property, pleasure, power, those are great, but it's, it's not going to ultimately get us there. We understand, right? A, a lion never truly ever feels like a, 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 its true self. May, may or maybe he doesn't have the intellect necessarily to know, so we can put the animals aside. They, they, they don't know. But we never truly feel like our true self simply going down the animal route. Now we have billions of dollars, but there's still more to get. Right? We want the money that we don't have. So by, the definition, by definition, we can never have money we don't have. As soon as we have some more money, it's money we do have. So then we want money we don't have. We want property that we don't have. Now we have it. It's not property that we don't have. We want status symbols like vehicles and jewelry and, uh, and clothing that we don't have. Now we do have it, right? So now I need a new dress every, every other day. I need a new suit every other day. The one that I don't have. And so forth and so on. It could also be applied to spouses, right? It can also be applied to inappropriate things. But um, we see that we can never, ever truly attain our, our, our desires through the animal route. There's not a single person that has ever been that has uh, reached the end of their life going down the animal path and has said, that's it. I've, I've made it. I've accomplished everything. Because it's, but by definition, the whole point is to have what we don't have. The whole point is to have more, right? So consequently, there, there's no cap. There's no, uh, we're never satisfied. Right, and we die uh, stri- conti- continuing to strive. And in the meantime, we probably, if we do it in a thoughtless, uh, animalistic way, that's, we, we probably don't do ourselves too many favors. What about now if we directly address our desire to, to be our true self? Well, then it's a whole different ballgame. Then we need to ask, what do I need to do to really, truly be successful as a human being? So it's different things. For example, I need to switch my uh, arena of control from the external to the internal. I need to pay attention to my choices, number one. Uh, I need to, uh, if I want to expand myself and broaden myself, I could, I could try to uh, buy another 50 acres of land, which is great, but I can also try to selflessly give to others and consequently expand my self-concept from this person right here in this patch of land to just uh, uh, a broader sort of person. All right, I can um, 
try to in all my relationships instead of thinking what can I take what can I grasp what self-esteem benefit can you fulfill I can instead give and give say what can I do for you all these kinds of things that the human things whether we want to call it virtue we want to call it morals we want to call it humanity those are just words but whatever will really truly get us to what we want and the difference between that and something soft or something a cop-out is that the cop-out is I want it to be an animal I want it to pursue wealth and no holds barred. I wanted to pursue power, but I couldn't. So now I'm going to, out of my weakness, turn to something softer that I perceive as softer. Oh, it's all love, right? I'm a big advocate of peace and the justice and goodness, but really we're vicious, grasping animals inside. We just know we couldn't compete, and consequently we turn to the to to uh, to something else. It's just a. a, a uh, a strategy of sublimation. It's fake. And that's why frequently people look at that and, and they call BS. They're like, the real deal, the real success in life, we can say whatever we want to be nice, to be kind. But really, we know it's money, it's power, uh, it's it's objective, worldly kind of success. And, and in that way, it's correct because the, the fake uh, uh, the kind of absolute nonsense is most definitely not more desirable than than anything real, such as money, such as power. But we're talking about something that's extremely real, that's extremely hardcore to society, which is to be a human being and truly and genuinely attain the object of our desires. It cannot be done out of weakness. It cannot be done out of falsehood. It must be done out of a true understanding of what is really, truly good for us. And the fact of the matter is that sometimes this understanding cannot be had at a certain phase of a person's life. So if a person is uh, already in the animal mode of life and, and pursuing the material like crazy, it's very unlikely that they'll be able to genuinely add a strength current to the, the human side and directly pursue uh, the, the good, directly pursue the object of our desires. So consequently, maybe a person has to try for a few decades, but eventually, hopefully, the person will turn to reality, will turn to what's truly good for them. But we, of course, do not see this happen because we get so caught up in that animal context, we never get out. And that's the catch-22. Right? We can't turn to something non-animal out of weakness, out of having failed, and we can't turn to it. But if we don't, if we wait until we're strong and we have succeeded, chances are we're so deep in it and we're like in a bog, right? We can't really pull ourselves out. So the best bet might be, or a better option might be, is, is to do whatever we do, but just to do it consciously, just to do it conscientiously, wittingly, thoughtfully, just to think, what am I doing? What do I really want? Do I really want another 50 acres? Do I really want another $50 million? Do I really want... Uh, uh, some more uh, power by being part of this organization, this or that? On a certain level, yeah, fine. <laughs> but deeper than that, deeper. No, deeper I want to be myself. Deeper I want to realize my true self and feel consequently unlimited power and unlimited singularity and unlimited true life and all the, the really the, the hard stuff, right? Nothing soft. I want to be nice or something. The real hard stuff. That's what I really truly want. So why don't I do what I do but with an eye toward eventually getting to what I really truly want? So that can translate, uh, pr- practically speaking, to uh, I'm going to try to re- get wealthy, but I'm going to think, how do I create value for other people? In the meantime, while I'm trying to get wealthy, why don't I also work on my selflessness so that for 20 years, I don't end up being a contracted, tiny little se- sense of self, super duper selfish and in myself, but oh, magically, look at look at me. I'm a selfless uh, saint almost uh, after 20 years and I'm wealthy. Uh, you get the point? So we basically, we turn on our mind. We think, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And we think about the end at the beginning instead of waiting to get to the end. Let me first get wealthy. Let me just get rich and then I'll think about it. And consequently, we, we increase our chances of success extremely significantly. So we talked a little bit about money, a little bit about power, desires, what it really truly means to succeed. So let's think about it and hopefully take action. Thank you for listening.